welcome to this new episode of Rank Heresy. Our first one in a while because of um, <laughs> a while, a spontaneous hiatus. We like to be spontaneous. <laughs> What's it spontaneous? I feel like we both got busy and then time zones yeah. actually work their magic. For those unfamiliar, uh, Vanel and I live across the Atlantic from one another. And Vanel gets to record these at 3 a.m. or midnight or whatever time it is there because she drew the, the short straw. I also, um, well... Mine, the number of cats in my house sort of increased a little bit. Exponentially. Uh, <laughs> it was an exponential increase in cats. I have twice as many cats now as I did when the last episode was... Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so uh, we'll just have what Muffin refers to as a washing machine of cats just funking in the background. And um, that leads to a certain editing process. <laughs> As you have to edit out all the funking noises of uh, cats doing mysterious things in the background and me occasionally going, no, cat, don't. So, yeah, I'm blaming the cats and life. It's <laughs> very fair, <laughs> but we're back. All right. So rather than talk about general things today, as we have been doing so far, we're going to get deep. We're going to say, screw it, get deep in the weeds and actually talk about something new that has not been hashed to death on Tumblr. So for our Tumblr followers who pr probably are the only listeners, we are going to accuse Dumbledore of murder. Hooray. <laughs> it is our belief that he killed Nicholas Flamel. Yeah. Straight for the punchline because you know, there are, you know, other, you know, is he technically responsible for the suicide of Harry? I don't know if I'd call that murder, but it's certainly something. Muffin, I think if we go down this road, we will sidetrack so much. True. <laughs> All right. We can't sidetrack. We'll only accuse Dumbledore of one murder today. And this is a real people murder in that we think he did it. Yes. You want to go with the canon? Sure, I can canon recap. So as you all probably remember, and granted, we are a little fuzzy, and I'm sure if we get anything wrong, we will be murdered by somebody. But uh, we'll go with it. Anyway, so if you remember canon, the first book was the uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and the MacGuffin of the book was the Philosopher's Stone, which was, um, oh, I think the title's called Sorcerer's Stone. I don't even remember. That's a good sign. Anyway, <laughs> um, it was made by a man named Nicholas Flamel uh, some number of centuries ago and has the power for those who uh, follow the Philosopher's Stone across various media franchises. It always does the same thing. It can create, uh, it can turn lead into gold and it can create this elixir of life that if you drink it, you will remain alive forever. So Nicholas Flamel has been around for ages. And what happens in the book is that there was an attempted break-in at his house in France and Dumbledore, who he had a connection with, he sent the stone to Hogwarts to be more safely protected while this thief was at large. And we'll get into this in a bit because that makes no damn sense. You forgot There's an that. attempted break-in at, at Gringotts. Yes. Where the stone was, mm -hmm. and Hagrid went to pick it up on the day of the break-in, which was how Harry got introduced to this mystery. And then at the end of the year, we find out that Dumbledore has set up what is, frankly, an obstacle course <laughs> to protect the stone. 
which is really, as usual, just to fuck with Tom Riddle. Who he's certain <laughs> is alive, even though the man's been dead for over 10 years. But anyway, he sets up an obstacle course. Harry gets through it. He solves the riddle at the end, which is you have to want the stone not to use it, but to just have it. Anyway, so Harry gets the stone and then he melts Quirrell's face and he's hospitalized for three days, after which... Banal? Uh, you went gray for a moment. It was scary. Oh, no. I just muted myself so I wouldn't make any background noise. Oh, that's muting. That's muting now. All right. Anyway, yes. after which um, Harry is told by Dumbledore that the stone has been destroyed because Flamel thought it was too dangerous that it might end up in Voldemort's hand. And Flamel quietly passed off away in the night along with his wife. And it was a good, like, eternal sleep or something. Sweet dreams, sweet prince. So just to get into the trouble right away, there was an attempted break-in at Flamel's house and that it failed. Wait, am I making that up? Was it Flamel's house? Or I know it was Gringotts, but I believe no, it was Flamel's house first. Yes, it was Flamel's house first. And, right, then uh, it was transported to Gringotts and we tried again and then it was transported to Hogwarts. Got it. Yes, so there's an attempt at a break-in at Flamel's. And while we don't know the detail, we do know that it failed. And the thing is, um, I would wager that this has sort of happened before. He has the most valuable stone in the world. It can grant you eternal life and eternal riches. <laughs> there is no way. And the fact that he failed in the first place means that his security is great. Tom was able to get in and out of Gringotts unheard of. Um, Actually, well, more if you think about it, that it stayed in the hands of the original creator over several centuries in Europe when they were all at war with each other all the damn time, especially France. Yes. This is a man <laughs> who can protect his valuables. How was that stone not stolen by, I don't even know who. Flamel must be an immensely talented wizard. Uh, but... Yeah. To enter his house must be death. <laughs> it's a death sentence. Yes. but uh, So we have this failed attempt. And then Dumbledore comes along and says, Hey, you know this British warlord who died 10 years ago? There's been no sign of life since. Well, he's alive and he's the one who did it. And Flamel, I think you should give the stones to me. And our problem here with this is, first of all, why would Flamel believe this was Tom Riddle? There was no indication of that Tom... It's perfectly dead. Everybody believes that. And then I mean, Dumbledore... it's, yeah, it's almost the start of a Christmas carol. Tom yes. Riddle is as dead as a doornail. We can be very certain of that. We have seen the burnt remains of him. Yeah, he kind of famously blew up. But of course, Dumbledore is insistent. No, 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 it's totally Tom Riddle, and you should give me the stone. Which by itself sort of sounds like um, Dumbledore is the one who broke in so that he could get Flamel to give him the stone. Actually, now that you mention it, you're right. <laughs> Dumbledore is the asshole who manages to steal the stone after cent or get it away from Flamel, at least, after centuries. You got to imagine every apprentice Flamel has had has tried or oh, at yes. least thought deeply about it. Oh, yes. And Dumbledore, Dumbledore is the one doesn't. who is able to get it out. And the thing is, I. Don't, I struggle to believe that Flamel, who has been able to protect this stone for all this time, wouldn't trust his own security. 
Especially since the break-in failed. That is the key point here. Yes. Granted, we don't know how close it was and how shook up he was. Maybe he did feel that, but it failed. It did not succeed, or it did not seem to nearly succeed. The second point is that Flamel choosing to die at the end. We could view that as him saying, okay, there have been enough attempted break-ins. One of these days, perhaps this guy didn't succeed, but one of them is going to succeed inevitably. Maybe it's time to you know, say, say goodbye. But that is also a bit of a big coincidence when you were also asked to accept that he didn't trust his own security. These are two big admissions that I frankly don't see any reason for him to make when we saw that the attempt, all of the attempts have failed. The stone is safe at the end there. But instead, having now, if we go, if you take Dumbledore at face value, then Flamel has kept the stone safe for all these years. And when he starts doubting his own security and gives it to Dumbledore, he's giving it to Dumbledore specifically to safe keep it because he wants to keep the stone around. If he was going to make the, you know, I think it's time to die. I am a wise man and blah, blah, blah. Wise people accept death, immortality bad, blah, blah. Harry Potter really has some messaging about immortality bad. That's <laughs> No, but I, I had to. You have to, I know. And yeah, it doesn't really have deep thoughts on that. It's just, immortality you bad. know, it's one thing for Tom Riddle. He has to achieve immortality through the murder of others. That murder's bad, okay? Mm-hmm. But Flamel, he's just sitting in his house. He's not hurting anybody. Yeah, the point being, it's, it's the timing that's so suspect. Because we had Flamel was concerned enough about the stone, rather than destroy it when he began dis- doubting his security... He sends it off to an entirely foreign country where he has no access to it for months. And Dumbledore makes an obstacle course using it. And at the end of that, where perhaps Dumbledore doesn't tell him that his practices of keeping the stone safe were uh, perhaps used as bait instead of actual protections... It is worth noting, though, that Flamel uh, had no hand in any of those protections. He just gave it to Dumbledore, no strings attached. He didn't follow it or anything. Like, Dumbledore has a vacancy for professors every single year. He couldn't have hired Flamel, so Flamel could look after his own stone. Of course, that was never Dumbledore's objective. But from Flamel's point of view, his interests is going to be to stay close to that damn stone. That the enchantments protecting it was stuff like, we had Transfiguration Professor uh, make a chess board. Dumbledore is either lying to through his teeth to Flamel about what what he's done and making up you know beautiful stories about the amazing protections he has, or Flamel doesn't um, agree, uh, or is perhaps dead when the book begins. Right. So getting to that, why did Dumbledore do it, and when did he do it? Frankly, what made us think this initially is the way Dumbledore speaks of Flamel's decision to die. He gives such a serene description of how death sometimes simply is quite like falling asleep. And ah, just, death. Sweet, sweet death. Yes, and it just sort of sounds almost a bit like he's describing something. It <laughs> it does. It it he's granted Dumbledore likes his imagery and he has he a vivid imagination. But he it was a does. very odd phrasing, and I don't have the book in front of me, but me what he describes is Flamel and his wife 
drifting off into a peaceful sleep and quietly leaving this earth almost as if it was a relief. It's like he's sitting there watching it. And of course, if Flamel had a break-in and invited Dumbledore over, perhaps Dumbledore offered to check out the enchantments or something like that, then it would not have been difficult for Dumbledore to say, let's have a cup of tea. And then, of course, he would have all the time in the world to break whatever enchantments Flamel had and then make off with the stone. Right, and so getting into how Dumbledore justifies this to himself, because Dumbledore is one of those odd people, well, perhaps not odd, but I think he genuinely believes what he says and believes he holds the convictions he does and definitely believes murder is wrong. The trouble is, I think he... I think he justifies it the way he justifies it to Harry is that Flamel had lived too long. It was time for him to let go of life that he had been mistakenly perhaps clinging to and that this was the best option for all involved and that Tom is so dangerous that the stone simply just cannot remain. I think in that he could justify, I don't think he'd see it as murder. Me either. He is the kind of man who as we mentioned briefly at the beginning of the episode, who doesn't view what he does to Harry as murder. He radicalizes a young, like a child, uh, starting when he's 11, to such an end that Harry will, in the end, kill himself to destroy Voldemort. And he never views it as a wrong thing. He views it as difficult for himself. It brings him grief. But he still does it because killing Voldemort is worth Harry's death. That is the kind of thinking that is going to enamor you to believing that some people, well, sometimes it's worth it. And he, Albus Dumbledore, is able to decide when it is worth it. So to play devil's advocate a little bit, this is a very spicy take, obviously. We're accusing Albus Dumbledore of cold-blooded murder over a MacGuffin from the first book that wasn't even that important in the series. (laughs) But so to play devil's advocate, did Dumbledore not do it? Well, it could have gone exactly like he said. Perhaps he doesn't tell Flamel all the details of how exactly he was protecting the stone. And perhaps Flamel trusted him so much that he took a very hands-off approach and never visited Hogwarts during that time, didn't insist on staying there, didn't insist on seeing the protections and testing them himself. And when Dumbledore returned, brought the stone with him and said, you know, within the three days that Harry's hospitalized and said, look, we protected it, but it was a very close call. I really think you should destroy this. And Flamel, you know, thinks about it probably very hard and lets out a sigh and regretfully agrees. It could technically have happened, but it's on such a short time frame of he was protecting the stone, clearly intended to use it, to the time he suddenly decides, all right, yeah, we have to destroy it because a man you think is dead, who died in the process of trying to get this stone, will come back for it, and it's simply too dangerous. Yes, and there's the added fact that it's not just Flamel who will be dying, it is his wife as well. He has kept her with him for five centuries it against a threat who, that no longer exists, that he only ever had Dumbledore's word that he existed. There are just, it, 
feels like one of those stories where, you know, if you just look at the facts and not what the mother is telling you, then uh, I I know which story I find more compelling, more likely. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say, I can't even devil's advocate this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, you tried, and it was it, it was a good try. It's just that it's it's, it's so contrived. It's so contrived. Dumbledore did it. He murdered that bastard. I mean, and Dumbledore does things like this. He purposefully hires Gilderoy Lockhart because he wants the curse on the position to do something horrible to him. Never mind that people have died in that position. Yeah, people have died, and then Gilderoy Lockhart uh, gets his memory wiped and is sent to St. Mungo's for the rest of his life. Because, I mean, granted, what he did was awful, and Dumbledore was burning for revenge, but wow, what a way to do it. Yeah, but Dumbledore generally, for instance, this is probably worth another episode, but with the Potters, with what happened at Godric's Hollow, uh, he could have protected them better. There was no reason, for instance, why he couldn't have been the Secret Keeper, no reason why he couldn't have kept him at Hogwarts. There were other ways he could have kept them safer, and he oh, did yeah, that... it always. That This is probably for another episode, but he never seems to have actually shaken the greater good way of viewing the world he is a utilitarian oh, he certainly is but yeah that is a rabbit hole of spice but to uh plant a teaser for whenever that future episode is it's looking highly likely that james and lily were used as bait <laughs> just, a, just a beautiful choice choice of secret keeper uh, uh james has three friends <laughs> yeah three friends you know it doesn't even matter that peter's the, tra the traitor he actually this is another barrel of spice we probably for another episode but you know peter probably saved a lot of lives by uh betraying them first uh, he's still a cowardly rat but Voldemort would just have cut his way through james's friends and you know the, yeah. the first person he was going to go to anyway was serious and Sirius knew. I, I don't know how to... <laughs> yeah, what is Sirius... We all know that Tom Riddle could read minds. Sirius and, like, you know, he didn't not leave the a, country. Not an and even if he was, wouldn't have held up for long. All, all it meant is that, if nothing else, and Peter at the very least saved Sirius's life. Most yeah, likely more Sirius lives. and Remus, I would imagine. Yeah, but he would have gone to Sirius first. Yeah, Sirius first, true. Oh, and yeah, he was the original. He was the secret keeper option. Yeah, they all knew that he would be coming for Sirius. That's why they said, brilliantly, we're going to make it another guy. One who is just as vulnerable as Sirius and who, that Sirius knows about. <laughs> we'll make it James's other best friend. They'll never <laughs> guess. They won't just work their way through three people who are all in Britain. Yes. And, you know, with James, it makes sense that he seems to have been the sort of person who really adored his friends. And I don't think it... Wait. Muffin, we are digressing. I, think I mean, we shall... we're... this is a 20-minute episode. I think we're due for a little digression. but And it's interesting. But, all right, last thing on that is that, yeah, James really likes his friends, and he was 21 at the age of his death. Yes. He's allowed to be a little nearsighted and uh, stupid. I mean, he even was nearsighted. He wore glasses. He wore glasses. All right. I'm allowed to say uh, that because I'm also nearsighted. 
<laughs> so, so you're allowed to make fun of people with glasses. Okay. All right. We have anything else to cover in this? Or is this going to be I could always talk short? more about my cats. But, uh, you yeah, could I think... talk more about your cats. You could. Um, with that, um, I forgot to pull out the Torgrim. Uh, I don't remember how many patrons we even have at this point. But we do have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon, and we've made an episode again, so I feel bad for leaving people hanging on, but hey, I guess you really liked our bonus content that you can only access behind the paywall, so. Yeah, there's um, me recounting the time I was forced to flash mob sing to Pope Francis II, and us reading my terrible derfic and making merciless fun of it, which it deserves. And uh, yeah, there's maybe we have things on Patreon. We have things on Patreon. There are benefits. Yeah. But yes, we have a Patreon. And one of the benefits is that we pull out in a uh, random number generator and see who Torgrim, the um, vampire who blows things up, it's a long blows story. up. Also, there might, there might have been a funk in the background because the cat jumped down. <laughs> All right, blow someone up already. Uh, the thing is, I haven't pulled out a list or anything. How about we just blow up two people next episode? Okay, fair enough. We we owe you two blowing ups. Yes. All right. With that, in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.